What comes to your mind when you hear the word essential? Essential. Well, air to breathe, water to drink, at least one kidney, a healthy heart, a functioning brain that might remember a few things, and a nervous system that can always be at peace. Now, I want you to read this with me. I want you to read this with me on the count of three. And it starts with the word essential. So here we go. One, two, three. Out loud with me. Essential equals absolutely necessary, extremely important, crucial, vital. So today you're going to learn spiritual keys from Jesus, Jesus himself, of things that are essential. He's going to teach these first to his disciples that he's getting ready to leave because he's going back to heaven. But he's teaching these same essential things to every Christ follower that is listening to the teaching today. And when you see that, one of the things he's going to say is this. Every Christ follower needs to be empowered by the Holy Spirit because it is essential in their lives. And you'll see what that looks like as we go through. Now, over the last few weeks, we told you that when Jesus was leaving, God sent the Holy Spirit to take his place. And God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. He's part of the Trinity. And we gave you three relationships every Christ follower can have with the Holy Spirit. We focused on two of them. I'll give them very quickly to you. But the third one today is also essential. Here it is, relationship number one. Convicted, the Holy Spirit does this, convicted by the Spirit because he's alongside us or he's with us. Now, before salvation, the Holy Spirit is alongside people. When they're hearing a sermon or they're listening to a radio program and maybe there's some teaching there, and he's saying to the people who are not yet believers, he's saying to them, basically, you are a sinner and you're not going to get to heaven. But God has provided a solution for you. So he's convicting them in a nice way. He's speaking to their spirit, and often they don't even know what's happening to them. And he's saying, you need a personal relationship with God, and you need to ask God to forgive you of your sins and come into your life, and then he's going to show them something. Now, many of you that I'm speaking to, all the people watching online and Facebook, YouTube, all over the crazy world watching and going to the sermons later, some of you, you, you love God, but you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want you to see, this is the day that God's going to speak to you. Not me, but the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. You need to get right with God. You're trying to do life alone. It will never work. Never. And so God loves you, and he wants to change your life. So before salvation, we need the Holy Spirit saying, whoops, I need to change my life. So that moves us to the second relationship. Look on the overhead. Indwelt by the Spirit. In other words, the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit moves from alongside of us, and he comes to live right inside us. Indwelt 
by the Spirit. So he comes into our lives and he takes up permanent residence. He will be there forever if you accept Jesus Christ. That's the second thing that happens to you. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes from aside us into us, it's an inward work. He begins from the inside because we're spirit, body, and soul. He speaks to our spirit. He's trying to make us through our life more and more like Jesus. The character of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. And he's, he's working on us. Remember, to think like Jesus, to be like Jesus, to minister like Jesus. So it's an inward work. It's not outward. When we talk about the last one of those personal relationships, it is outward. This is inside. So the minute the Holy Spirit, you accept Christ, you become a Savior, He moves into you, He's there forever, and He's trying to get all of us to become more and more like Jesus. Now, you know that will take ever and ever and ever. It never really happens until we go to heaven because there's no more old balmer in my heart or yours. So we'll see all of that. Now, here's something important. Remember, Our role model is Jesus. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to this earth for a number of reasons. Number one reason, of course, to go to the cross, die on the cross, take all of our sins, all the sins of the world, so that we could be free, have salvation, be forgiven, and go to heaven. But he did something else. He came to show the people that were living then what God was like. None of us have ever seen God. None of us. So Jesus would come and he said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You see the character. As the disciples watched him, they went, wow, that's what God's like, that character, the love that he has for people. Now, when you see that, the role model of Jesus, let me just share with you what happened in Jesus' life. Remember when he came, he came as fully God and fully man. But he laid aside the supernatural part of him. And he operated on this world as a man filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's a role model for us. He did that because we're humans. We're humans. So here's a thing, just a quick reminder to you. Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit, which is what we're focusing on today. He was full of the Spirit, which simply means this, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then he was led by the Holy Spirit. And last of all, he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, before he did any miracles, he was filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. So that tells us something big. Now, two weeks ago, we learned that when the Holy Spirit comes in us, There are many benefits he brings with us. And he brings them to us because he's living in us. Now, if you weren't here, just go online, calvaryccm.com. Just go to the sermon. You want to read 13 benefits the Holy Spirit brings. He lives in you. Now, there's more than 13. But in that sermon, I gave 13 benefits in every person. And that enables us to trust the Holy Spirit. Now... As you begin to think of that, here's just a couple of things, and I'll go to them in a moment. The Holy Spirit comes in to be our comforter. Anybody ever need comfort in your life? Yeah. 
And the Holy Spirit comes into us to what? Lead us, to direct us, to keep us on the right path. Let me share you something. I'll do it very quickly. Last week, after we came back from vacation, we were just gone a week. Linda and I were going to do something in the house, to the house. And we kind of prayed about it, talked to somebody, decided, looks good, looks good, we're going to do it. And uh, I, I signed a, a paper, but it wasn't final, no money translated, nothing like that. And I went to bed. And I got up the next morning and I said to my wife, I, I talked to either God or Satan during the night. And the words were this, it's the wrong decision. You didn't wait long enough to get the right decision. You're wrong. And I'm thinking, all night, was that God? Or was that Satan trying to destroy what we wanted? So I prayed and prayed, came down for breakfast in the morning, and I said, I had a difficult night. I'm trying to discern who was speaking to me. And as we prayed, I said, I already know what it is. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. He said, don't do it. It's the wrong timing, the wrong company. You say, that's impossible for him to say that. Give me a break. He's all-knowing. I was confused. He was not confused. So my wife and I went. We prayed together. I called the gentleman and said, I'm sorry. We are not going to do that. And the instant I said that, the peace of God came right over me. Now, without the Holy Spirit, what would we do? Man, I like that. I want that. That's fantastic. That's great. Maybe we need to go up to the next level too. I love to be led by the leader of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. Without him, we make stupid decisions. Anybody here ever make a stupid decision? Yeah, let's just raise all our hands. Exactly. But if we'll listen to the Spirit, he'll lead us into all truth. So let me just remind you, that's just one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit. He knows how to speak to us. He knew exactly what we were going to do. And we're at perfect peace with what God told us to do. Because we obeyed him, not ourselves. Now, as Jesus was with his disciples, remember, he came to them. They didn't believe he was resurrected, but he finally came to them. And he began to talk with them that I, you didn't believe I was going to be resurrected, but I was. And I'm going to heaven. I'm going to leave. And he said, you're going to take over. So here's what he says. Look at Luke 24. Jesus speaking. And now, this is Jesus, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. Now watch here. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven, which you'll see that power for heaven is not man's power. That's God's power. So Jesus knew, here's the 12, he knew they would never be successful sharing the gospel and telling people there's forgiveness of sins unless they were empowered with the Holy Spirit. They had to be baptized. 
And he knew there was a problem. Now, and that power was when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Now, there's no question the disciples felt, no, you're wrong. We, Jesus, we've been with you for three years. You modeled all kind of things for us. We learned so much. We're ready right now. We don't need anything else. And I guarantee you, who do you, want, who do you think the one that would have spoken up first, that I'm ready to go? His name is Peter, right. He just changed feet. That's all in his mouth. Because he was always doing it. He spoke before he thought. And here's the other thing they would have said. Well, Jesus, just a few days ago, you went, you breathed on us. And Jesus said, yes, I did. That was your, bap- that was your salvation. You, I died. The sins were paid for. Now you have Jesus in you. But there's more to coming that you don't have. So Jesus is very truthful. And he says, you are not ready yet. You're missing something. So he introduces what they're missing. Here it is. Relationship number three, empowered by the Spirit upon or overflows you. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as it was with Jesus, remember when he got baptized, after he'd been water baptized by John the Baptist, a dove came down, and his father said, this is my son, who I love. He's doing great. And that's when he was empowered, when the Holy Spirit came upon him in the picture of a dove. So what Jesus says is this. The baptism of the Spirit is an outward work. The the Holy Spirit, when he comes to live in us, is an inward work, making us more like Jesus. This is to go to the world and share the gospel everywhere. So Jesus says, here's why you're not ready. You need what I had. You don't have that. You don't have that third step. And he says, if you're going to be useful, you have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that is going to happen to you. But you have to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. So he's really saying this. You need the overflowing power. And by the way, next week I'll explain much of this very simply to you. In your lives before you can change your world. You cannot do it with your human wisdom. It will not work. So Jesus is saying, now listen, we've left the disciples. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself. Jesus is saying every Christ followers needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and thus empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is essential. It is not an option. And I'll clear many of those questions that you might have next week very simply to you. It's as clear as can be from the Scripture. This is what I'm teaching you is not a doctrine from a church or a pastor's idea of what it should be. I'm preaching the Word of God. It's 100% true, even if we don't understand some of it. But remember what the Holy Spirit does? He shines the light on it. And we begin to understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking. So, when you see all of that, remember we said you're going to be filled with power. Well, the word translated power is dunamis 
for the English, it's kind of the word basically dynamite. Well, he's not talking about blowing people up. He's talking about the word power really means basically this. Mighty work, strength, miracle. It's the, it is the power of God, not the ability of man. And then here's what Jesus was doing. He was saying to his disciples, there's an experience of empowering of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christ follower that is distinct and separate from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Of course you want the indwelling, but that comes first after you accept Jesus Christ. So he says, there's another distinct, separate relationship with the Holy Spirit, and you need to be filled. Now, there's, a, there's an amazing pastor. He was a Bible teacher. He was everything. His name is R.A. Torrey. Here's what he says. A man, a woman, may be regenerated by the Holy Spirit, become a Christian. Holy Spirit lives in you. And still not baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're missing something. And then, anybody ever hear Chuck Swindoll? Okay? Look what Chuck Swindoll says. It's one thing to be a Christian. It's another thing entirely to be a spirit-filled Christian. See, you know, most people will never even hear that. They wouldn't understand that. I will explain more of that next week. We're going to talk about the spirit-filled life. So, we believe that Jesus Christ baptizes the seeking believer with the Holy Spirit and the power for service. We believe there's a one-time baptism, one, Jesus had a one-time baptism, that leads to that lifestyle that I'll talk about more next week, the spirit-filled life, which allows the believer to do the ministry of Jesus. And we believe that many of the gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians and the gifts of service and Romans 12 and all those kind of things, those come along with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what Jesus says to them. But you, the disciples, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, how? On you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That, just take a look at that verse, and you will be my witness. You will be sharing the gospel. That's one of the main persons, uh, purposes for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's not just speaking in tongues or gifts or any of those kind of things. They're important. We'll explain that later on. But the main reason is to minister like Jesus. What was Jesus? In Luke 19, Jesus said, he says, seek and save the lost. That's why I'm here. And so to be empowered to do that, I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that's the key. That's the key. Why? Because God wants everybody in heaven. Satan wants everybody in hell. So we have to go beyond our ability to the power of God. And we'll see more of that next weekend as well. Now, look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4. If you don't have your Bible open, I'll wait a moment. Acts 1, verse 4, but I'll read it. On one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me 
speak about. See, this was not new to the disciples. They just didn't get it. And he said, wait, wait for the gift. Now, here's another thing. Pastor Mark, what do I, how good do I have to be to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Forget it. You'll never be good enough. It's a gift. How good do I have to be to have salvation? You'll never be saved. It's a gift. That's what God does. It's a beautiful gift. He loves to give gifts to his good children. Now think about this. And the disciples knew about the works of the Holy Spirit, but they didn't know what to expect. They had no idea what to expect. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, that's 50 days after the Passover, they were all together in one place. Now, Pentecost was one of the three Jewish pilgrim festivals where Jews would come to Jerusalem. Remember I told you that's, a, that's Jesus and that's God's place, Jerusalem. And they would come to worship God. It was a celebration and it was a Thanksgiving feast that was really focused on grain harvest. They had a good harvest that year and they came to thank God. Now, these 120 believers had been waiting in unity praying the whole time in obedience for 10 days after Jesus went back to heaven to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised. So they waited. They waited to make the right decision. Jesus said, you weren't ready. So he says, you will be. You'll know when it's coming. Then you can do it. It's kind of like the dream that I had, that God kept waking me up. It's not right. Wait. Make another decision. That's not correct. But you will find a way to get through that to do whatever you need to do. So we don't know where that place was. Some people think it was maybe kind of in the upper room. But most Bible scholars think it was a room outside the temple court. Because you remember, when Peter gets bold enough, he speaks to the Jewish people. And 3,000 Jews come to believe in Jesus and become saved. And the next thing they have to do is they have to be water baptized. And so in an upper room, there's no way to baptize 3,000 people. So when you go to Israel, we're always there on the southern steps, and you see all of these baptism places because the Jews would do that. they go into the water to try to be holy before they did other things. But can you imagine how many baptism tubs there would be for 3,000 people, you're not going to be in a home. It's probably going to absolutely be in that room at the temple courts. Now, this all of a sudden is what happened when the Holy Spirit arrived in that room. Here it is. Verse 2-2. Two, two. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where there were sitting. Now, let me just give you sign one. I sound like, like the blowing of a very strong wind, the power of the Holy Spirit. The sound from heaven was the sound of the Holy Spirit poured out on the people. It was, there was no wind. It was the sound of that. They knew something was happening. Now, let me just say this in a moment that I think it'll help you. What you see here, these signs are never repeated again. We don't see that repeating. Now, we see the baptism of the Spirit coming on people many places. We'll talk about that. But it's not the wind. It's not the fire. 
It's not all of these, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit coming, coming upon them. Yes, you will see that. Now, either <clears throat> earlier Jesus referred to the wind. You see, sometimes Nicodemus came. He was a very religious Jew. And he came to Jesus one night, and he said, can you explain what in the world you're doing? I I'm confused. I have these rules and regulations, but you seem to be doing things that are better. People's lives are being changed. And Jesus said to him, you have to be born again by water and by the Spirit. And then Jesus says this. Let me read it to you. John 3, 8. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. You've, you've been in a hurricane. The winds come. Where's it coming? Where's it going? When is it going to stop? You don't know. See, people like us, we want to put God in a box. I know how it works. Well, let me give you another example. How many ways did Jesus heal people? One way? Yeah, one way. He spit in everybody's eye. No, that's not true. Did he ever spit in somebody's eye? Yes. Everyone? No. He did different ways. You can't put God in a box. God's God. So don't try to put him in the box of man. And what he was saying is, the spirit will come, but it will all be good. Relax. Follow him. See what happens. And that's what they were doing. They were obeying the spirit, waiting for the spirit to come on them. Number two, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. Some of you are thinking, Pastor Mark, if I get baptized in the spirit, is all my hair going to be burned off? Well, some of you may have already been baptized as I look out here. <laughs> no, your hair is not going to be burned off. Now, that's when they give you too hard of a permanent. That's their problem. Now, I have a wife. It's okay. Now, here's number two. What appeared like tongues of fire came to rest on each of them. Fire in the Bible is purity. It's holiness. It's the Holy Spirit. This is very different from the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there were a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but it was very different than the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it basically was not what you just saw. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon selected, very few selected people, and equipped them for a task, a simple task that God wanted them to do. Almost every one of those tasks were different. And they, the Holy Spirit came on them and empowered them only for a temporary time. Very different than in the New Testament when it started. Now, let me give you an idea. Some Old Testament leaders in the Holy, had that special anointing and filling of the Holy Spirit that enabled them to do what God asked them to do because they couldn't do it in their own strength. Let me give you an example of some of those people who had the Holy Spirit for a short period of time for one little thing, and then it went away. Here it is. Joseph, Joshua, Daniel, and David. Now, when you come to the New Testament, it's totally different. You, we'll, and we'll talk about this next week or the week after. We have to be filled, keep being filled, and refilled. 
And this is different. It's for us, for a whole lifestyle. Now, Acts chapter 2, 4 says this. All of them, all 120, in that room were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So here's sign number three. The, whole, the, the 120 Spirit-filled believers began to speak in other tongues. In other words, in other languages. Now look at me. They didn't know what they were saying. It was not a language they knew at all. They're just shocked. What, what is that? What did you just say? I, don't, I didn't understand any of it. Now, you understand that. Think about this. What would happen? Well, I'll just use you as an illustration. There was a lot more than this. There's probably three, 4,000 people as they're speaking. They know nothing, 120. They, they, they're just speaking it out loud. They have no idea what it is. A long time ago, when I was in pharmacy school, you know, for five years and an internship and all that kind of stuff, I had a friend. His name is, doesn't matter. He, he was a Christian, and he was in a different church that didn't believe anything really about the Spirit. So I got to talk with him during those years, and uh, I just talked to him. And maybe two or three months later, he called me up way back in those days, and he says, Mark, I was just Mark. I was not a pastor. And he said, uh, I had this strange thing happen to me last night. I said, okay, well, what's happening? He says, I was praying beside my bed. And all of a sudden, I was speaking some kind of language I didn't even know. And I said, well, you're an idiot. You're, you're, you're gone. You've lost your mind. <laughs> no, I did not. And I pointed him right to Acts. And he went, really? He changed his whole thing, and he learned how to be filled with the Spirit of God. Just one account. Well, think now. Here we are. I'll just be the 120 people. And we're going, man, what are you saying? I've never heard that language either. I've never heard that language over there. Hey, what is that? Well, the first thing Peter does, he goes and preaches to Jews who have gathered together from hundreds of nations. And he begins to speak the wonders of God, which they would understand, in their different languages. He didn't understand anything, but his sermon, all the people who didn't believe in Jesus heard the word of God in their individual language. Now, that's power of God. Now, think about that. And what, how many got saved? 3,000 people. So, don't be crazy with speaking in tongues. It's one of the powerful gifts but the power of that gift for me and for most Christians is private. When I need to be built up, and Paul teaches that in Corinthians, when I need to be built up, I just ask God to fill me with the Spirit. Do you know before I walk to a podium, when I'm sitting over there, you'll never hear it. I pray in my language to God. One of the benefits of God is to help us pray when we don't know what to pray. And I say, God, I just said at this service, I saw all the services, God, in, in that language, sometimes English, sometimes my prayer language, you'll never hear it. We're, we're told in Corinthians not to do that. Can you imagine every one of us are saying a language, speaking a language and raising our hands, and a guest is here. They will never be back. <laughs> They'll run out as fast as if there was a fire. 
Well, the Bible says we have to do things in order. So relax when you hear the Holy Spirit. You see stuff on TV that's totally weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He's powerful. He's a gentleman. He doesn't bring confusion ever. So I pray before I stand here. Holy Spirit, I need your anointing. I can't do this by myself. That's impossible. So just help me. And same thing when I was praying that night. God, I need to know, was that you? Was it Satan? Boom. He clarified it for me instantly because he's the spirit of truth. Now, what you see that's just happened with them, those signs, is that basically a fulfillment of John the Baptist. Look what John the Baptist said early on as Jesus had just started. Look what he says, Luke 3.16. Now, John answered their questions by saying, I baptize, you, I baptize you with water, which he did, remember, in the Jordan, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. Of course, he's talking about Jesus, the Messiah. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, it was already prophesied and exactly came true. Now, here is God's command to all of us. The Balcony, Vieira, Sebastian, online, YouTube, Facebook, our website, whatever. Any of you listening to me from different countries all over, here's God's command. Don't be drunk with wine. Ephesians, Paul writing, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here in the New Testament, we see that all Christ followers should be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. As I said before, this one-time baptism will move us into the Spirit-filled life, which we'll cover later. Now, when you see all of that, to change this world, that's what we need, God's power. Now, one day, Paul made an amazing statement. Paul would never, well, let me go back for one thing. The Holy Spirit would never promote himself. The Holy Spirit promoted one person, Jesus. That's who he did. So he never, he, they were all equal, but he never promoted himself. Paul would never promote himself because God hates pride. Look at what Paul writes. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles, which is actually impossible, to obey God by what I have said and done. How did he do this? Well, I'm a great pastor. I'm a great studier. I'm a brilliant man. No, none of that. He said this. By the, come on, read it with me. By the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. All, can you imagine the Jews had never believed, the Gentiles never believed in Jesus? He brought them to salvation like crazy, all kinds of countries. How did he do that? With his wisdom? No, through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that writes in Ephesians, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just once. Keep being filled. And we'll talk about that later. And, and the word you'll hear when I do about that, why do I need to be filled again and again and again? Here's, here's a word, and you, I'll, I won't explain it this week, but next week. Because we leak. 
You said, Pastor Mark, what do you mean we leak? Well, I will explain a little to you. It means when I'm not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, who am I under? My old flesh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, my own flesh. Just like I would have said that night. Well, that's nice, Holy Spirit, that you warned me, but I want to do it. I'm going to do it. I've leaked being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So we'll learn. That's why Paul says you have to keep on being filled because we're humans, and we can easily move away from operating from the Spirit to operate from our old flesh. Now, when you see all of that, before Jesus went back to heaven, he gave us two commands and two promises. Very simple, quickly. Number one, go make disciples of all nations. A Christian first, then disciples. Promise. Jesus said, I'll be with you till the end of time. You won't be doing it alone. I'll be there. And that's the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Command number two, before you go, wait to be empowered. See, that's a command. That's not an option. Jesus said, no, you're not ready. You can't do what I'm asking you to do. You have to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Promise you will be empowered to change your world. Remember, Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Jesus says there's only one way to do all of those things is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then look at what we see here. Jesus guided the 120 believers to the upper room. They waited until the Holy Spirit came on them, and their lives were totally changed. Now they were empowered by the Holy Spirit and would immediately begin to expand the kingdom of God. From that moment, the disciples and the people in the upper room were totally changed. Before that moment, what were the disciples when Jesus went to the cross? Were they out there cheering him on to just stick with it? No, they were in rooms fearful that they were going to be hung on a cross. They wouldn't be anywhere out. Three or two, three weeks before that, what did Jesus hear Peter say? Never knew the guy. Jesus, no way, you got the wrong guy. And the day that the women came to the disciples and said, he's alive, the tomb is empty. Wrong, what's wrong with you women? You're stupid. That ain't going to happen. Well, the next thing we see after they're empowered, we see Peter standing to the 5,000 people and saying, Jesus is your Messiah, bold as could ever be. What changed? One thing, the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the change? Take a look at this next statement. The Holy Spirit can make the same difference in our lives, my life, if we will remain submitted and obedient to him, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not too much for you. It's God's power that will change you and change me to be like him and to be witnesses through our world. Now, when you see all of that, let me just say this thing to you. Jesus' goal and our goal has to be one thing, to expand the kingdom of God. Sometimes we talk too much. We just talk, but there's nothing. 
Look what 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. Today we learn that the power of the Holy Spirit is essential in every Christ follower's life. It is not an option. And it changes us and it changes our world. Would you bow your heads with me right now? I'm going to speak to those of you that are watching, listening, will watch later, because I'm having hundreds and hundreds of people praying right now that, Holy Spirit, you would speak to people who are listening and watching who either have walked away from God or they love God, but these other people have never had a personal relationship with Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to gently speak. I know you already have done that to people who are not Christians or people who have walked away from you and are far, far, far from God. I want to ask you this morning and say to you, it's time to have a change in your life. You will never, ever do a successful life by trying to do life alone. You need God the Holy Spirit living inside of you. He will direct you, empower you, encourage you, comfort you, give you amazing wisdom. And the only way to do that is to say to God, I'm a sinner. I need my sins forgiven. I need to choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So I'm going to pray a prayer with you. And if you are here and you want to become a Christ follower or to make a recommitment, just pray this quietly under your voice to God right now. Jesus I am a sinner. I know I'm not right with you. And today, I was reminded that you died for my sins as well. So today, I turn from my sins. I'm sorry for them. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I choose to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm tired of trying to do life alone. It just doesn't work. And I want the Holy Spirit to come into my life and guide and direct me and love me and empower me. Thank you for loving me and for forgiving me of all my sins. I begin a new life today, and I look forward to a life I've never experienced, doing life with the Almighty God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.